Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio on a cold and lightly snowing day. Um, our first show recorded in 2023. So happy New Year, man. Same. Okay, yeah. I was yeah, just trying we were, to do the math on that. Yep. But yep, you're right. First, first, first one, one recorded in this year. And we're still in that weird sort of time frame where people are, one, still saying Happy New Year, which... Okay, fine, I can get over it. But then there's also that weird sort of week after the new year where people are, you know, like I've been sending, like I've been working nonstop since before Christmas. And then like I, you go into that dead period where people are, everyone's on vacation right, all right. the time. So now I'm getting a bevy of emails and calls back from the last previous weeks. I'm like, dude, I don't even remember why I fucking called you or emailed <laughs> you. But that's everybody now so yeah anyway no that, that time of year and that'll fade and go everything will right. go back to normal here and it's a matter of how long until i write 2022 on a check and just go fuck and have to yeah. scribble it up yeah i've been pretty good about that to this point like i have I, to I've, I've been double check i always double check the calendar on my phone and that'll that that usually serves as my reminder oh well uh, bringing in the new year we're bringing in a new congress mm. and things are going so smoothly <laughs> I mean, it's funny because the last time we talked, I think I was just like, well, you know, we know Kevin McCarthy is going to get seated. It's a matter of process. And, you know, all the showmanship and gamesmanship and stuff would kind of leave, you know, go to the wayside. And then they would they would eventually go ahead and seat him. And um, it ended up getting dragged out. It took 15 votes. Correct. Which you know we I don't think we had had more than than of of I think there's, there was not more than two since 1923. Yeah, so it was 100 19, years. Yeah, 1923 was the last time you had more than two votes, um, and you got to go back I think pre Civil War for like more than three votes. Yeah, uh, which is which is ridiculous. And I'm not a Speaker of the House historian, so I can't get into the nitty gritty of why those things happened. Um, but you know this situation is really. I got to be honest, it's not even all that interesting, right? Just from a, you know, what can we learn from this? Uh, it's it's interesting in the fact that, you know, you've got the infighting within the GOP. You've got this, you know, group of, of congressmen, this group of, you know, 20 congressmen that said they were never Kevin McCarthyers. Um, and their whole thing was to, you know, basically kind of do what the Tea Party did, right? And and even though it's a small minority, have a, an outweighed amount of influence over the party and over the House. Uh, and, you know, in a way, I get, you, you have to wonder how much they got, what they negotiated, what, these, what the promises that were made in order to get them to eventually vote for Kevin McCarthy without having to go and bring Democrats into the mix. Um, you know, my personal opinion is that, uh, you know, what they did was align themselves uh, for committee roles and committee positions um, that will allow them to basically make life hell for the Democrats for the remaining two years. Um, I also believe that, you know, there are some things in there um, that 
weaken Kevin McCarthy a great deal. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's a chance that he may not even be Speaker of the House a year from now. Um, you know, but really what I think this is, what this is about is really looking towards 2024 and trying to position themselves so that under no circum, you know, basically positioning themselves to be able to have as much influence over the 2024 election as they can. Um, and whether it's, you know, timing it up so they start some sort of, uh, investigation in October, right, you know, around a Democrat or, you know, basically trying to put their thumb on the scales of the election in 2024. Um, And again, while also trying to do whatever they can to neuter um, Democrats and Biden to make sure that they don't get any wins, because I really think what their biggest thing that they really want to do is they want to shut the government down over the debt ceiling so that that can be blamed on Democrats and Biden uh, and or they can get the Democrats to make some serious concessions on whatever issue uh, in order to get the government back up and running. And then if not, then they can put the blame on it'll be easy to shift the blame over to Biden and Democrats and saying that they weren't willing to meet in the middle, blah, 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 yada, 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 and essentially do what the Tea Party did, right? The Tea Party did this and shut the government down back in what was that, 2012 or 2013, um, you know, refused to, you know, like raise the debt ceiling and everything and, and caused a lot of a lot of issues. And we actually saw, you know, the U.S. credit rating go get downgraded for the first time in history because of that stunt. Uh, and, you know, you could argue, all right, well, what did you guys get out of that? Like, all right, congratulations, you achieved your goal of shutting down the government and, you know, trying to make Obama look bad. Okay, great. Well, what exactly did you accomplish? Um, you know, how were your conservative principles advanced? Um, you know, and, and what did you really do? I would argue really not much. And I think we're just back in that same role again. Like this isn't new and creative. This is just literally copying something we just saw, you know, 10 years ago. Well, and it's, I think your comments were almost rhetorical because they don't care about policy issues. It's all a culture war. It's all image and, and, and making... It's never, here's what we're going to do for you. It's, those other guys are destroying your country. Those other guys are terrible. We're the not terrible. Well, well do I mean, something. And a, and a perfect example of it is, you know, whether it's, you know, Kevin McCarthy. All right, we don't want Kevin McCarthy. Who do you want? I don't, I don't care, Bob. You know, like, <laughs> right. I mean, they're just throwing out random names. I, I did think it was interesting that Gates threw out Trump right. and it got, like, literally laughs. Like, right. No, no. Which... I mean, which is good, right? I mean, it's a good sign because I, I was concerned, you know, a few months back that that was a legitimate play or, or a month back that that was a legitimate play, you know, by Trump. But I, I, now that it seems like Trump's not even, like, for Trump that, in his mind, he would think that's a downgrade because I don't think Trump really understands the power of the speaker or what right. it means. I think people have told him that, hey, this is really important, so he's tried to put his thumb on the scales to a degree, but I don't even think he understands what the role is. It's, it's also a job you actually have to do. You have to show yes. up there and do the job. You can't be on a golf course at right. Mar-a-Lago. You can't be Speaker of the House from Mar-a-Lago. Um, you know? uh, but Matt, I would like to remind everybody that you thought that, that Trump was making that play when he said he had a major announcement coming, yes. and that a major announcement was non-fungible token cards. Right, which <laughs> at that point, I had to stop taking him 
not that I, I, right. I had to stop taking him serious as a person in general at that right. point, you know. Um, and I mean, look, even this process, I think, you know, Trump weighed in and said, everybody get behind Kevin, but it didn't really move the needle at all. Eventually they did, but I think it was clear to everybody that, you know, the never Kevin McCarthy group didn't have a real plan to put somebody else in place. Right. Because if they did, then they all would have rallied behind someone. Right. Right. Give me someone. Right. Right. But they did. There was no one. Right. Like they all like threw out these different names. Like Lauren Boebert threw out another guy named Kevin because his name was Kevin because they were saying she was a never Kevin person, right? Like, so she goes and finds someone else named Kevin. Then they nominated a black guy. I forget where he was from. They're like, and we don't care about race, which is evident because we're nominating this black guy. Like, bro, if you don't care about race, no one said it. People who don't care about race don't tell you and announce. Right. Right. But now I've you got know, a like black friend. Right. Like that's a that, that like you just pulled a Democrat move. Right. Democrats are real good for that. White Democrat. White Democrats are real good to tell you that they got a black friend. Right. It's just like, all right, dude, that's cool. But I don't need to know that. Like, that's not right. privy to our conversation. You know, it doesn't matter. But um, it just it was, you know, people keep calling it a clown show, shit show, whatever. Um, I think there was I think there was some calculus in it. I think, uh, again, the, the biggest thing that they're chasing is the ability to shut the government down over the debt ceiling. Um, and then I think the, the not that it's any less monumental, but I think then being in places of power in 2024 during the election, I think is also another motive behind a lot of this. Um, and it's just interesting because, uh, you know, you had a lot of Republicans who were coming out and complaining about this group and really pissed off. It's like, look, you guys made your bet here. Right. You didn't push back against Trump. You didn't push back against the people that decided that they were all in on Trump and were lying to people and just throwing out the most ridiculous things. Right. Like you didn't like none of you had the backbone except for Kinzinger and Liz Cheney Cheney and and a few other people that, you know, said, fucking I'm out. Um, But none of you who are still here. Right. And who were here during the Trump years really did or said anything to refute it. Like you all danced around it because you didn't want to, you didn't want to upset the base. You didn't want to upset the base. And now this is what you have to deal with. Right. Right. Like, so I, like, I don't like spare me your outrage, right? Like there's the fight that broke out on the, on, on the house floor, you know, where, you know, you had a couple of Republicans that were going after Matt Gates. Like that's funny and, and whatever, because it's ridiculous, but that's not that to me, that's nothing. Right, like that doesn't mean that there's all of a sudden this big shift in the oh, GOP no. that they're now all of a sudden they're the party, right? Like that's them realizing how bad they fucked this thing up the last six years or whatever, knowing that they can't do anything about it, and you know their frustration is bubbling over, but they're still not going to do anything about it. You know, here's the thing: uh, the liberal progressive outlets are giddy over this. I've listened to a lot of stuff from the Young Turks. I listened to some MSNBC stuff, and they're just loving it and making the jokes and having a good old time. And this is exactly what we've said on the show a bunch of times. You're winning the snarkiness war, yep. but you're not doing... Th- this will mean nothing in 2024. This will mean nothing in two weeks. Fair. You know okay. I mean? Because yeah, the, right. the reality is they're still going to... They're, they're going to recongeal, right? Right. In, into a, a big blob of, you know, it's a war. war. It's a war on white people. It's a war on religion and... You know, we were all of a sudden now we're all rooting for Russia and Putin because, you know, we've given too much money to Ukraine and all that other bullshit. 
right? They, that will all go back to normal. And I'm telling you, this fight for the debt. I think the fight for the debt ceiling is going to be. It's it's going to get ugly. I will it, they. It's will a hostage they, situation. Will will they succeed in shutting it all down? I, I don't know. But the other aspect that the Democrats need to think about is. They so they end up getting Kevin McCarthy elected, uh, or, or yeah, a, yeah a, you appointed, know, yeah, appointed or in into that role. So okay, but we all know that Kevin McCarthy is, you know, like he's a me guy. Like Kevin McCarthy is worried about Kevin McCarthy. He doesn't give a shit about the country. He doesn't give a shit about California. Like Kevin McCarthy just wants his time in the sun as the leader, controlling everything. That's what he wants. Um, so the question is, what did he give up? To get those sure. 20 votes, right? Because it's all fun and games. It took 15 times to get him in and all this other stuff. And, the, oh, the Republican Party is in disarray. I promise you that he made promises that are going to make life hell for the Democrats and Biden and, and you know, Hakeem Jeffries and everybody. And it, it's going to be a real dogfight. And, you know, Democrat, you don't have... You just don't have the margins where you're you're going to have much of a leg to stand on, right? I was really concerned at one point that someone like Jim Jordan would get in, because Jim Jordan is, in my opinion, a dangerous person. Kevin McCarthy is a to me a pretty predictable milk toast. Yeah, he's an ass kissing, self preserving, you know, politician. I get that, but Jim Jim Jordan is, in my opinion, just a really malicious person. And if his nomination, no, I mean, I think look. I, I think Jim Jordan has embraced the role that he has kind of grown into because of Trump, right? Okay. And he, I can still... No, 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 no. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but what I'm saying is Jim Jordan, I was never concerned about him because Jim Jordan, he don't want this smoke, right? That means, like, again, being speaker means you got to do shit. Jim don't like to do shit, Right. Like, he very much embraces the, I'm going to wear my shirt with no tie and roll my sleeves up. But nothing comes out of his office. He doesn't do anything. He's not, he's not putting bills out. He's not doing anything. He's just running his mouth, right? He, he puts out these really dumb, snarky tweets. Right. You know, and he's quick to get in front of a mic during some sort of hearing to talk his nonsense, but he's not about actually doing the job, doing the work. So he was never going to, like, I mean, because his name was thrown out there, right? And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to work. I'm not trying to do all that now. My job is just to bang the drum, right? We need somebody else to do the work, and that is Kevin. So even when they, you know, nominated Jim Jordan, he was like, all right, everybody who said that about me, just put your votes to Kevin McCarthy and let's move this thing on. So... I agree with everything you're saying about Jim Jordan, but Jim Jordan was—I don't think he was Never ever a serious. real threat because, again, he didn't want to—he didn't want—he didn't want the job because it's you know a job, right? Um, there's accountability, and you're yes. publicly visible. Um, I at one point wondered if the Democrats would step in and vote for McCarthy just to say, "All right, we're getting over the threshold. Let's end this nonsense." But I think they did the smart thing and sit back and say, "No." Expose yourself for what you are, meaning yeah. the Republicans. Now, like we said a minute ago, it's not going to matter in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Democrats played it smart. You know, there was a picture of Katie Porter, um, you know, congresswoman out of uh, California, reading a book, and the book, the, the title of the book was the, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Huh. 
And clearly it was a message, right, being sent out. And I think... Wait, who was doing that? Katie Porter. She's a congresswoman out of, out of uh, California. Okay. Uh, she's really sharp, really smart. Um, you know, she's the type of person I would love to see in the Senate. Um, you know, she has really taken a number of large corporations and lobbyists to task over just the ridiculous amount of, you know, uh, what they're charging people, what they're spending, all this other stuff. Like, I mean, like, she's, she, she's good, um, but probably too good for her own good. Um, you know, so, you know, that being said, um, you know, the Democrat, like I said, they played it right. There was no reason for them to really get involved. They, they did their thing. They voted for Akeem Jeffries, you know, unanimously. Right. Uh, and then, you know, there were some Democrats that were starting, like Marcy Kaptur, who was actually our congresswoman. Yep. Um, in this region, she came out and said that she wouldn't necessarily be opposed to supporting Kevin McCarthy or a, you know, moderate, reasonable Republican if it came to that. But really, it was something that the Republicans needed to figure out. And, you know, it's probably the right thing to say. I'm not sure if I would have came out and said anything. I probably would have just had no comment. Um, because, again, there's no reason to really feed that beast, right? Like, I mean, right. they, they, they were all doing a good job of it themselves. Um, and, you know, I mean, the, the, this, the idea of voting for a guy like Kevin McCarthy, like thinking that that's going to do anything for you, to me is just absolutely insane. Right, because I just uh, true. I, I, he's I, not going to concede anything to you and expect any support from his own party. Exactly, and so uh, you know, like Kevin, I, I trust I, I would trust Kevin McCarthy in a political situation about as far as you could physically pick me up and throw me, right? Like not very, you know, at all. So I, you know, and that's you're going to say as far as you could throw him. I can probably chuck that guy. For well, you. yeah, that's <laughs> a legitimate thought. Like, oh, you know what? I mean, he's got long arms. I can get some good leverage, but. Um, you know, I mean, so I, I think the Democrat, the, the talk about that I wasn't a big fan of, but I think it was clearly mostly just talk. And, um, you know, I mean, we'll see how this all plays out because I think the real, the real fight now um, is, is right around the corner here. Um, like I said, we, we need, we're, we're going to need to raise the debt ceiling. If not, government gets shut down. And if that happens, then, you like, we're already... You know, whether we're heading towards a recession or not, that's another conversation for a different day. But we're in some tough economic times for some people. And shutting the government down is not going to help that. Right. And last time it didn't work real well for the Republicans because people got pissed. You know, do your fucking jobs. You should be able to figure this out. It annoys the shit out of me that the only time that the national debt becomes a political issue is when Democrats are in office. Yeah. Um, how I, I agree that... Government spending has been out of control and has been for a very long time, really dating back to Ronald Reagan, although the Republicans don't like hearing that. I mean, Ronald Reagan literally tripled the national debt in his term, uh, two terms as president, and got called out by his vice president in the primary for not being economically sound. And that vice president, George H.W. George Bush, then tried to be fiscally responsible and became a one-term president because of it. Mm -hmm. So fiscal responsibility is like, you're like the one who wants to end the party. You want to cut, cut off the credit card. It's, it's, you know, you're not going to be popular when you're the one that says, okay, party's over, yep. now we're, but someone's got to do it at some point, so I thought. Actually, Bill Clinton did a pretty decent job of it, um, yeah. and then instead of paying down the debt, lost an election, and uh, the Democrats lost an election. They didn't pay down the debt at the time. I think it was Alan Greenspan who said, no, no, it's better to do, I forget what he said to do with it, 
And then George W. Bush comes in and spends like a drunken sailor. And, you know, we could talk about Obama and what he inherited and I could deflect whatever, but spending has continued nonstop since. And now we're at like $30 trillion right. as a national debt. And that's an astronomical number. Which also tells you that it's not real, right? Like right. it is, well, but until you start paying not, it back, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's just like if thirty, tr- like right, like if a trillion dollars doesn't say, "Hey, everybody, we need to get this shit under control," and I don't care if it's Democrats, Republicans, or whatever, then at some point, like it just becomes hard to fathom that this is yeah. even right. Like that, this it's, is you're right. At this point, something it's not that we're real. going to pay back. Right, right. Like it's just, it's just not realistic, you know. Like, I mean, it's like a person who was making, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and had a, a fifty thousand dollar credit limit credit card. They lose that job. Now they're working at McDonald's, and the credit card company is still calling. It's like you can call all you want, but I, 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 I can, I can work here for twenty fucking years, and I ain't gonna be able to pay that back. So good luck. And that's kind of where we're at. So it's interesting, like. like yeah, we should be more responsible. We should figure out a way to pay it back. But clearly no one in power gives enough of a fuck Correct. to actually we, do anything about it. Because it's political suicide. If you're in office and you say, that's it, we're going to shut it down and, and make it right. Um, but it, but it's, anytime you stop with the party, you got to tighten the belt and deal with some cutbacks. I, and how do you even it. pay back $30 trillion? I, like, how long? I, that, oh, like, but first, first stop digging is my point. Like I don't disagree with you. The, I think I you're right, um, but I also just like. But then the question is like, because in order to do it, right? Like, I mean, you would have we would have to cut so much and right? tax people a lot more, including rich people and corporations yes. that are really good at avoiding paying taxes. Yes. Um, I want to talk about the Matt Gates thing one more minute because so the person that confronted him and the, I didn't see it on camera. You didn't see the actual like confrontation on camera. You saw it start, and then I saw. Kevin McCarthy turn around and respond to it. It sounded, it was, had the vibe of a fight breaking out in school behind you in the hallway. Kevin McCarthy spins around like, what the fuck? But it was Mike Rogers, a Republican from Alabama, that got in his face, and they were literally separated on the floor. It was a late night. They actually had to work late in Congress, and they hate that. Mm-hmm. But uh, my thought, I, I want to put this out there now, is Matt Gates has been skating on thin ice in terms of what a douchebag he is for a long time. Showing nude pictures to dudes on, you know, possibly trafficking. I don't, I don't and see how getting on the nice. He just is, right? Okay. Like, okay. He just well, is a but, douchebag. But he is, he has gone without consequence so far, both politically and legally. Mm-hmm. Now, I wonder how many feathers he ruffled in his own party where, to the point where is something going to leak out the next couple weeks of, here's Matt Gates with that 17-year-old at this party. Hmm, Matt. I mean, I, I know think, the charges were dropped in Florida. Yeah, but I mean, I think it probably will. But again, there's not going to be. He'll have to answer for it. Like I'm, I'm more like I agree with you. Something will leak from the Republican machine as a go fuck yourself, Matt Gates. But it's not going to lead to anything, right? Like if him, you know, jaunting a 17 year old around the country to have sex with people for money isn't going to get him indicted when you literally have the transaction on Venmo that everybody saw because the motherfuckers don't understand Venmo, then I, I like I'm not really I don't think that there's a real threat unless he just he's got some secret that's just so dirty and so 
uh, nefarious that it's got to, which I don't know if he if he really does. You know, I can't I mean, believe my brain is freezing. Who was the Republican congressman from North Carolina that was crawling in bed naked with? Oh, uh, Hoth- Cawthorn, Madison Cawthorn. There we go, Madison Cawthorn. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, he, what got him exposed, literally and figuratively, was he started talking about these cocaine-fueled sex parties with other Republicans. They went, okay, that's the secret you don't talk about in public. This is our eyes wide shut shit, and you leave that alone. He didn't. I don't know if this goes to that level, but I'm just putting it out there because if it happens in the next couple couple weeks, I want Whiskey Congress to have said that they were on it before the... uh, (laughs) Which is, is, again, which is fair. Um, You know, uh, you know, Cawthorn ends up losing, losing in the primary and now is just... You know, trying to hold on to whatever scraps he can. Um, I saw he posted something with him holding a baseball bat and a guy holding a rifle. Like I didn't see that. Yeah, it, and it was real bizarre. The baseball like, bat is he, it as a weapon. He or was a... holding a baseball bat as a weapon in his wheelchair, and the guy next to him had a rifle. And I'm like, Should, shouldn't we switch? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just uh, yeah. I feel okay. I feel like the guy who can't really run away should probably have the gun. Yeah, and the guy who can should have the bat. Like, um, well, or neither be, should have either. But, I, but I, I, well, I'm not going to say anybody shouldn't have a gun unless they're a felon. But what I will say is it was bizarre. But anyway, um, again, just putting it out there. See if it comes comes to uh, comes to happen, and if it does, Whiskey Congress was on it first. Yeah, but uh, so what are you really saying? Like they're going to put out some dirty laundry about Matt Gates. And, and put, some, te- to, put some teeth behind it. And maybe like put some what? Pl- like, there have been rumors he's been showing, you know, nudes of teenage girls on, well, if if Mike Rogers so, says, so I can't So you think he's going to get indicted? You oh, think no, they're gonna no, put no, some, no, 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 no. Because if it, listen, if, if, if it ain't doing a perp walk, then it ain't nothing. Right? Like, like that. that's all fucking, what is that, the, the Inquirer TMZ bullshit? Like. I, if, I'm, I'm more talking about his reelectability in 2024. Look, the dude was facing, you know, sex trafficking charges of a minor, which was widely talked about and right. everything else. He got elected, wasn't even close. Come on now. Uh, but his party never called him out. Okay. And the RNC never called him out. And I'm, I'm yeah, we'll see. I, no, I don't uh, expect him to get indicted as a result of this. I, I just, but, you know, I mean, that's that foo-foo bullshit. Like, that's... It's nothing, right? Like, I mean, until motherfuckers start going to jail, all that is is TMZ fodder, right? And I can't even say that because TMZ actually reports on shit where people actually end up going to jail, right? Like, I mean, True. they're pretty good about shit like that. I mean, even though they, they fill it with a lot of fluff. So, uh, I mean, I just, in and it's not a criticism of you, but, like, there, there are things that people are doing where you're just like, man, there should be some more level of accountability for that particular action, even if it's not criminal. But in this era of Trump, right, what he exposed is that, eh, not really. And George Santos proved it. Right. I mean, like, we got co- I mean, like, dude lied about his whole ass life. Everything about his life is a lie that he said publicly, and the motherfucker gets to keep his seat as, con- as, a, as a congressman. Right. So, right. I just like... So to me, like, okay, they released something about him, but the idiots down in Florida are still going to vote for him, short of, you know, a video of him banging some other dude. So I, I which could be out there, by the I way. I mean, I, if it is, like, I, I don't know. If he's out there trafficking teenage girls, then I doubt it. But okay, fine, whatever. Like, but I, like, if if if, if that's the case, 
and Republicans have to see this as well, right? The whole if it, if you're going to play dirty pool, then you better you better be ready to get filthy, right? You better you better set this motherfucker up and have him sucking a dick on camera, right? For money, if you want to get him out of office, right? Because it took uh, Cawthorn literally trying to butt fuck somebody naked in a hotel bed. Right, climbing I'm, out and making video. gorilla noises on video, and it was like his cousin or something or whatever it was, to get you know for him right. to lose a primary. Right. So, and, and that's the only way that uh, Gates loses is a primary. Right. So if they come up with a Trumpier version of him in Florida without the baggage, it, he can be a Trump. Now, what I will say is, I, I don't like Trump's influence is clearly fading. Yes. Right. Without a doubt, like you know, I mean, in DeSantis. Made a little bit of a move, didn't really, like, had nothing to do with Trump, but did, made his own sort of standout thing, which, again, my whole thought process on how he was going to operate seems to be standing pat. Um, but Trump's influence is clearly fading. Um, he's got his own issues that he's dealing with. Um, he brings up Ruby Freeman again this week, and Ruby Freeman was the, the election worker down in, uh, in Georgia that... For some reason, Trump's just got a fucking hard on for that. Wants I to think she was one of the ones seen bringing out a ballot, like a, a container ballot case, a ballot case, right? Right. And so, Trump tried to make it into see, they're stealing, they're sneaking right, into got the ballots. Suitcases filled with false ballots, which there's no proof. They're like, oh, there's there's her. actually proof that it's not what happened. Right. right. Exactly. Like you have a video of her carrying ballots, which during election you have ballots and you have to put them in something. You don't carry them one by one, or you just don't grab an armful. Right. You put them actually in some form of a container to take them to count them. Um, but they are using that as well. It's evidence that these aren't the same containers that they use in another county or right. in some place else. Right. Like I mean, because you got to love the people chiming in from other states. Right, like people from Arizona chiming in. That's not the ones they use. Like, bitch, you've never even been to Georgia. What the fuck are you talking right. about? Like, you have no idea. And certainly, you have no connection to the Georgia election process, exactly. which is like, a state by and, state. And thing. that's and which is where we're at. But I mean, he jumps all over this Ruby Freeman, saying that she's giving false testimony and that it's a big deal and there's big news and like it barely even got a reaction. Like people that the people that wrote about it were just like. Again, here's Trump attacking a black woman and saying all these disparaging things. There's clearly a pattern here with him, um, but it, it didn't really catch any ground with other, you know, people in power in the Republican Party, right? Like his his correct base, but it, guess, yeah, his base is this is red meat for yeah, them. Yeah, it's red meat for him. But even even if you look at um, how it's being treated by conservatives and MAGA people in the Twitter sphere. Um, it's still not catching any sort of the same okay, traction that it would. You spend and, more time in the Twitter sphere than me by a lot, so I, yeah, good. I'm I mean, I just, it's just it's just not. Um, and I, I just I think he, his whole stick has is is running out of steam. Um, you know, and you can see, you know, Fox News was is a big sort of thing, and we knew this was coming with Fox News. Fox told him they were done with them. Right. Yeah. Right. They. I mean, Roger Ailes literally said, uh, "This is over." Right, like you're an idiot. Like we told you to leave the whole, you know, election fraud thing alone. Like right. let it go. Was it right? Um, Rupert Murdoch. Oh uh, yeah, Rupert Murdoch. Sorry, Roger sorry. Ailes is dead. Right? I know, I know. I'm just wanting to make sure I was. I'm, Rupert sorry. Murdoch, Roger Ailes, same same creepy guy. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but, but Murdoch told him like, hey, we're done with this whole thing. So no more Fox, no more Wall Street Journal, no more support from any of our outlets. Um, and if you say or do anything stupid, like then you're going to hear about it. We're not going to support it. 
And, you know, like, the best you can get is a pat on the head from Hannity, but even Hannity has been told to fucking cool it with the Trump shit. You know, and Hannity's kind of, like, caught in the middle because I'm sure, like, he's a true believer to a degree and whatever, but you can even see it with Hannity. You know, Laura, Laura, Laura Ingram has just lost her fucking mind. She's so pissed about the whole thing with Trump. Like, because I think they put so much, she is one who put so much stake into him. Then January 6th happens, and then he just completely shows who and what he is, you know, after the January 6th and after the 2020 election, that she realizes that he's no longer a viable path to, you know, Republican Republican support and everything else. But now she's kind of caught in this world where... who do I get behind? Who do I who do I support? And now it's almost forcing her to kind of be. I don't want to say a real journalist. <laughs> she's not. No, that. she's certainly not that. But it is forcing her. Like I heard her. Like when she, oh she was talking to Matt Gates. She did. She interviewed Matt Gates, and Matt Gates said that he you know was standing on principle and integrity, which is why he wasn't voting for Kevin McCarthy. And she said, well, is there like what would it take for you to get? to get behind Kevin McCarthy. And he was just like, there's really nothing he could do. And she's like, so it's personal? And he's just like, I mean, if you want to call it that, she's like, well, then that's not integrity, right? Like, she's like, those two things don't go together. And he's like, well, Laura, I don't want to talk about this. She's like, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Right? She's like, it's either one or the other. You can't have both. And she really dug into him. And I was like, oh, look, look who's... Look who's like kind of having to deal with her own bullshit at this point. I used to listen to her when she had just had a radio show and she was had a whole lot more integrity when she didn't have the Fox. Well, Laura Ingram and a lot of these people. The sad part is, a lot of these people. Uh, I know it's hard. It, this seems like a oxymoronic statement, but a lot of these people are intelligent people, right? They have, you know, a lot of them are attorneys. They've got experience at high levels of business. They they have been very successful in multiple arenas. Um, but they all were more than willing to sell all of that to get behind this guy, whether it was because they were racist or they just were opportunist or whatever the reasoning was. They did, and then it's just like, well, what happened, right? So now they're having to come back down to earth and deal with all this shit that they left behind, and it's driving them nuts because they know that their nuts are caught in a vice, you know, proverbially proverbially speaking, because... It's just like, all right, so now in order to set in, in order to sort of separate from Trump, like now you have to start having like you, you do need to start having these conversations where you're holding people accountable, but these are people that you have not done, like you've been talking to this entire time, but you have done nothing to deal with their their statements that that are you know, that 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 go against what they were saying or that are inconsistent or that are just complete bullshit. And it's like I'm sure they're they're they are now feeling the frustration that we all felt watching this for the last six years, um, even though they're still not coming out and directly saying, "Well, that was bullshit" or whatever. Um, and that part for me is fun to watch. Okay, well, but the problem. So there's this is, I'm about to be a bit hypocritical because part of the thing is their audience does not hold them accountable for their bullshit. They can say on Monday Donald Trump is the greatest president ever, and then on Tuesday pretend he doesn't exist and they don't care. What they do care about is when you try to go against some of their, um, you know, platform items, you brought this up a while ago when Trump's, when the, when the monster outgrew Trump, when Trump tried to say, no, no, the vaccine's a good thing. 
but he's been so much um, effort uh, talking about how the, the you know the thing was the whole virus is a hoax, blah blah blah. He got his base fired up, and then when he tried to reel it back, the mob had run without him. And I think that could be what's happening to Fox here: is the mob is doing its thing now, and you can chime in and say whatever you want. You can push Matt Gates; they don't care. I mean. I called this a long time ago. I, I think right? I just gave you credit. Yeah, no, you did. Um, you know, with Trump in leadership, eventually it was going to outgrow him. Um, and it got away from him. And he's kind of fading into the mist. And Fox is now sort of feeling that same sort of thing, right? And what Fox, and now Fox will be fine because they're like, DeSantis is, I believe, intentionally just focusing on Florida. And when he does something in Florida, he highlights it. Like this week, he called in the National Guard to deal with a number of uh, illegal or asylum-seeking immigrants or whatever that landed on the coast of Florida, right? And he's making a big deal about this, saying, like, look, the federal government's not going to do their job and deal with the, with the immigration crisis, and it's going to force the states to do it. It's all I, this is my best option, so I've got to call up the National Guard because we don't have the resources. I'm governing. I'm a governor, and I'm governing. Look what I'm doing down in Florida, and it's resonating. And it's, it's he's setting the table for 24, yes. right? I mean, he's he's gonna. Yes. Th- this is gonna be one of his. You know, the the immigration issue is one of the top three, if not number one, on the Republican side because dark people are coming over the border, and um, and DeSantis can say, you know, Trump said he was gonna build a wall. Let's see that wall. Oh, it's not there. Well, here's what I did. And when I become president, blah blah blah. Yeah, I right. And look, I, look. The Im- immigration is an issue. My my issue with immigration is we need a process that doesn't put the people that are trying to get through into the situation where we basically treat them like criminals, right? Like we throw them into these detention detainment centers or whatever. Right. Um, and then, you know, Republicans think, well, they're not there that long and it's catch and release and they're running rampant, running wild all through the country. Like, okay, well, they're not wrong. That does happen, right? Like a lot of people come through and then they, you know, they don't get a hearing for six months to a year and then they're released into the U.S. Um, is it the end of the world? No. Um, are, are they all criminals? No. Is it all bad? No. But I still think we need a better process than what we have. Certainly. We, we need something that's way more humane, way more equitable, way more – that makes way more fucking sense than what we have right now. They're understaffed in every way since – every sense of the word in terms of Border Patrol agents, in terms of attorneys, in terms of judges, in terms of social workers, in terms of doctors, in terms of everything that would go into – solidifying the border. They don't have the technology that they need. They don't have the vehicles that they need. They don't have the ability to monitor the way that they should, that they should in order to keep the border secure. Um, and to also, and, and they're also not doing the things that they need to do to stabilize these other countries where these people are coming from. That, right. Which, which is the which biggest is, thing. Right. I mean, but I, like now that's also the hardest thing sure. and it's the long lead item. So you got to do what you can do. What you can do is figure out ways to shore up your border. Right. Because look, we all know that most of the people who come through are not criminals and are not burdening society. Right. Or, or burdening the U.S., right? Like, I mean, they come in, they work, they're quiet, whatever. They try to stay low-key because they know that, they're, they know that they're, they've got a sketchy status, right? Sure. Um, but listen, there are criminals that come through. There are drugs that get through. And we catch a lot of it, which is crazy because we'll stop a shipment of fentanyl or cocaine or whatever coming through. And Republicans are like, they... We're able to get all this cocaine that was that tried to come through the border. 
Can you believe this? Like, they try to put it as a bad thing when we stop these shipments from coming through. Right. Right. Like, the fact that they, that people even tried somehow is Joe Biden's fault. Right. Um, which is just an insane thought process is that, like, you know, like the, the, you know, someone down in Colorado or New Mexico or Arizona or Texas, they make a drug bust at the border and Republicans try to immediately turn it into, this is Democrats' fault. Sure. You know, which is just a weird sort of thing. But, like, but okay, we've been saying that the whole show. Because listen, because you could even if you throw a wall up, I'm telling you, all you're gonna do is fly over it or dig under it, or right? put, or put yeah, a submarine in the put, water and put, come or, up along the coast. You know, build a ten foot wall. I'll give you a twelve foot ladder. Right. I mean, the funny thing that nobody talks about is the amount of shit that comes in from Canada. Like the amount of illegal drugs that come in from Canada, it's an insane oh, yeah. number, but nobody really gives a fuck about it. It, I mean, I've seen that issue first. The, the Border Patrol on the Niagara River and Lake Erie, those boats... My cousin is an avid boater. I've been on his boat a ton of times. And there's Border Patrol all over the place. And it sucks for, um, for you know, boaters who just get randomly pulled over because the Border Patrol's out there and they're bored. Right. But, um, but you know, they're folks you can't fuck around with. I mean, the they can just seize your boat and... Yes, you'll get due process eventually, but, you know, you don't fuck around with that stuff. And that's exactly the Canadian border right across from Buffalo. And Well, I mean, yes, I mean, yay, Border Patrol. and no. the, the, you know, I don't stop but, but, I mean, I guess the point is that there's a lot of, there's a good amount of illegal activity that happens on our northern border, whether it's drugs or it, whatever sure. that's coming through, human trafficking that comes through Canada, right? And, like... There's the conversation isn't about that at all, right? right? It's just about the southern border, and so we talk about the elephant in the room as as it relates to that, but we don't have but to break it all down. There, there aren't brown people coming over the, the northern border, <laughs> right? Which is why we. And do. if they are, chances are they are locked up in the back of a hidden compartment in the back of a semi truck, and they're being moved for very very nefarious reasons, um, because they themselves are victims. So there's also that, right? All right, we, I want to get to the NFL, but before we, I've, I got to say this because it's hilarious to me. We have a new Republican announcing his presidential candidacy for 2024. Is it a legitimate candidate? Who is it? Who could it be? Well, Steve, it's John Bolton. <laughs> now, here's the thing. He actually has a pretty good resume. I can't stand the guy, but his resume is far better than Trump's was. Having said that, this is hilarious. Okay. And he announced it in England. Jim, you know the conversation we have about Kirk Cousins? Yes. Kirk Cousins has a pretty good resume. You say what you will about him. Like, if you look at his numbers, you look at the touchdowns, you look at the yards, everything else. You want Kirk Cousins in Buffalo? No. Okay. I don't want him in Pittsburgh. Right? I don't even know if the people in Minnesota who have him. I think him. you should apologize to John Bolton. Uh, I'm sorry. To Kirk Cousins. To oh, Kirk Cousins. So John Bolton isn't Kirk Cousins. My, my, my point is that, look, Bolton's got a great resume, but we all saw what we saw when he was, like, not the first time around when he was the ambassador for Bush. But like this, this time. Well, we did see that he was a war hawk when he was yes, with absolutely. Bush. But okay, everybody involved with Bush was right. It wasn't even his war hawkishness that was his problem under Trump. It was, you know, he would argue that he he was the glue that held everything together, which is just like, well, you were not a very good adhesive. <laughs> um, but you know, him not saying anything. You know, I mean, he came out after the fact that he puts all this shit in his book about all this stuff that went wrong and all this stuff that Trump was doing that he shouldn't have been doing and all uh, like then say something in real time, right? right? Like this whole after the fact bullshit, 
Right? Like, I, I, I'm done with him, right? Like, you're not, like, if you're, if you're truly a civil servant, you want to do what's best for the country at, from the standpoint of a leader, then as a leader, you would have stepped in and told Trump, like, go fuck yourself, right? You would have dragged, not, not dragged him in the media, but you would have protected the country. Right. You didn't do that. Now, he did you, get fired, so he might have actually said, said something behind closed okay, doors. Okay, but by the time he got fired, right? Oh, like, sure. I'm oh, not we were, with what you're saying. Right. Like, I mean, we were so far down the rabbit hole. Um, and for all we, I mean, maybe he wanted to get fired. That, like, that was his way out because it was such a shit show, because he had let it got so let it go right. so far. So, I, I mean, like, look, he's not, like, he can call himself whatever he wants. Um, but I, I'm more than willing to bet you that this guy, like if he's even still, I would be shocked if he was even in a debate in a, yeah, yes. Right. Like, I mean, people, I don't, I don't, I doubt people will even, he'll still be in the race to, cause he's not going to be able to raise any money. Who's going to give him money? No, you're right. I look, I just think it's funny that it is I, hilarious. I, I saw that. And I'm like, okay, right. Again, he announced it in England. <laughs> right, like, so you announced that you're running for president of the United States in fucking England. Get the fuck out of here. This guy's a right. clown. And I just had to bring it up. All right. It's a ridiculous mustache. Um, got to talk about Damar Hamlin. Yeah. So, um, as everyone I, who listens enough knows, I'm a huge Bills fan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you don't know what happened, I don't know what rock you've been living under. But he... Okay, let's t- uh, okay. easy. Not everybody likes football. Okay, fine. Damar Hamlin is a safety for the Bills. Took a hard shot to the chest. Stood up after the play, immediately collapsed. He went to cardiac arrest. Um, his teammates were watching him get CPR and defibrillated. And I was watching this at the Bills backer bar in Cleveland. You drove me there, so you knew who I was sitting I with. just left when this you, happened. Yeah, right. And, heard um, it on the radio. And um, so we're sitting there watching and not understanding what's going on, but the players on the Bills just had tears streaming down their face. Mm-hmm. And I was at a table with a friend and his wife, and my friend's wife said, do you think he died? And my initial reaction was, you're being silly. And then as things went on, I'm like, oh my God, he might have died. And um, Technically he did. Yeah, technically, briefly, well. Heart stopped. Heart stopped, yeah. Um, It was really shocking. And um, it was tough not to get emotional. Especially, like at first my thought was, okay, any minute now, they're going to come out and announce DeMar Hamlin has regained consciousness. You know, he's, he's at University of Cincinnati Hospital. And he's conscious and, 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 and he's, you know, you know, communicating with his doctors. And that's what I was hoping to hear. And the longer I went without hearing that, the more anxious, scared, whatever I got. Um, and I'm, you know, fast forwarding through, he went through a lot and he got, um, he got uh, a breathing tube inserted. So they had, um, uh, you know, sedate him and, but now he's conscious, communicating. The breathing tube is out. He's he's breathing on his own. He's still listed in critical condition, so it's still you know serious medical care needed. But he's okay, and he actually did a uh, a facing timing according to uh, Roger Goodell. He did a FaceTime with his team, and Roger Goodell said he did a facing timing. And I'm like, you make fun of me for my lack of embracing certain technologies. Way to go, Roger, idiot! Um, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be so hard because he's a, whatever. But it, it cracked me up when he said that. Um, he's coming sure of the NFL. I think he's doing all right. Oh, he's doing yeah. He's making forty four million a year. Yeah. But but it still cracked me up when he said <laughs> he that. He takes a private jet to get grapes. I mean, come on. <laughs> which I I don't know if he does that. Time. I'm just <laughs> saying probably probably could. not four grapes. Right. Um, 
But yeah, anyway, it was a really emotional thing, and I'm really glad he's recovering. Um, you know, so at first I was like, the longer we don't have news, the worse it is, because you know something real bad could have happened. It obviously did, but it could have been worse. And then when they said they had him stabilized, I'm like, okay, now it's kind of a point where no news is good news, but yet I remained anxious. Like I was going up to my phone or computer multiple times an hour looking for updates. And I got really frustrated with bad news reporting because I would see major update about Damar Hamlin. And I'm like, okay, what happened? And it was a two day old thing. Like, and I'm like, you fucks just put this out there. You're calling it breaking news or whatever. And it's saying he had a cardiac arrest on the field. Like, we know that, assholes. I know it's probably That's automatic. I stick with Adam Schefter, uh, Justina Anderson, uh, um, Ian uh, Rappaport. Yeah, Ian Rappaport. Like, I just, I just stick with them because, like, Adam Schefter every now and again makes a faux pas in terms of how he says something. Uh, but, like, they're, they're sources that they're usually spot on. Um, you know, this was this was hard. This this was very hard for me. I didn't sleep well that night. It took me a little bit. Um, when I was playing, um, it was 2002, and Corey Stringer died. Now, I Corey Stringer that. was he's from the Youngstown area. He went to Ohio State. He played for the Vikings. It's a mountain of a man. I mean, you know, I went to. He had a football camp in the area. I went to, got to meet him. Um, Classic giant man, teddy bear sort of situation um, was super funny. I mean, just like, just like hilarious. Okay. Right? Um, very kind. And, you know, he dies, you know, heat stroke or yeah. heart attack on the field during training camp. And I was going, I was headed to training camp myself when, when I heard it. And it fucked me up. It I fucked me up, right? Now, I wasn't there when he died. But the problem was, like, I knew him, right? Right. I had seen him not that long ago. Um, I had heard his voice shaking his hand. Like, he'd watched me, you know, you know, go through his camp. Um, you know, had a T-shirt, all that, sort of, all that sort of stuff. Like you, Like, there was a connection. Right. And all of a sudden, this man that I know through football is dead through football. Right. And I'm going to go do football. Right. And I had a long eight-hour drive, you know, from Youngstown to, to Amherst or nine hours or however long it was to just think about that. And when I got to Amherst, I was fucked in the head when I got there because I'm just like, so this really big guy dies because it's so fucking hot in Minnesota of all places. Right. Um, where you don't really think about how hot it could get there. Um, you know, doing this thing that I'm, this very thing that I am going, the whole reason I'm in Amherst, Massachusetts is because they gave me a scholarship to play football. And now you're asking me to go on a football field when this guy who basically felt invincible is gone just like that. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, it was hard. And then, uh, you know, the reality is, like, I took some really fucked up hits over the years where, you know, lost consciousness, didn't know where I was, like literally got hit one time so hard. I came back and ordered a pizza in the fucking huddle. Um, 
you know, right? Just like in, not to mention just some of the injuries that I suffered. Like not even the ones that got me off the field. The ones that you just play through, where any other normal human being, if they had these injuries, like wouldn't be able to work or do anything. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna keep playing. I'm, I'm gonna play through this thing that probably is going to somehow maim me for the rest of my life. Um, and so when you, at the tender age of, of, you know, 1920 or whatever, and you're go like, now you're talking about life or death. You're feeling right. the pain, you're having the headaches. Um, you, you know, like you, you, you have all these various issues that are related to the game. Like all of it becomes very, very real, you know, and seeing a teammate go down, right. Like during, like that camp was hard for all of us, right. For a lot of us, because, sure we're all thinking about it and we don't want to. And the coaches are trying to fit, you know, you've got football coaches who are not good at, you know, emotions or anything like that. They don't know what the fuck to do. So they're trying not to, you know, not to be their normal dickish selves. Right. But then they, they're still the dicks that they are. So it's like, it's a hard balance for them. And it's just really awkward sort of situation. Um, but watching what happened with DeMar Hamlin, it was like all that fear I had, you know, for that, that summer, like came rushing back, you know, like that's the thing that I was afraid of. Right. right. Um, now how much football have I watched? How much did I continue to play? Um, and where nothing fortunately ha like that happened, but in, so it's weird because in my head I was like, it's an irrational fear, but like, how the fuck are you calling it irrational when you just watched it? Right. You can go back through the people who've been paralyzed and people that have, you know, died after the fact and suffered all this other stuff. Um, it, it is a lot to process, and for those players and the coaching staff and everybody there, like, there's so much that they have to work through um, emotionally. Now, the one thing I will say is that this is not a tragedy. And let me tell you what this is, right? It's not a tragedy, and I won't – I'll correct anyone who calls it that. This is a fucking miracle because that okay. man's heart stopped. If you're a human – and your heart stops, that's a really bad sign, right? You're not a doctor, but you are right. correct. That's I'm bad. I'm not a doctor, but I have stayed in a number of hotels, one of them not being a Holiday Inn Express. But the man's heart stopped. Yeah. And and it stopped because, like, of a, a, a really bizarre reason, right? Because, right. you know, they're saying it's, it's you know, I, I'm not a doctor and I'm not even going to, but, you know, the timing of when the hit happened and the amount of force, like it was the perfect storm of events that caused, caused this cardiac event. Um, but, like, so you've got the uniqueness of why it happened and how it happened and then the fact that it stops and then you've got the people there with mind enough to start CPR and use a defibrillator. How many people die every year because no one around them knows CPR, because there's not a defibrillator, or because they don't get the CPR that they need in time, right? And you're on a football field where this is – people aren't thinking about this. No one on that field. I guarantee you there is not a single person, including the EMTs, that were thinking about giving someone CPR prior to that moment, right? You're right, but you have to give them credit because they started yes, so that's fast. What, yes, that's what – yes. That, that is the credit. Like, they get all the credit and the fucking glory because they saved that man's life. Someone's life gets saved. That's a miracle. Yeah. That's amazing. This is not, like, this is not a tragedy. This shows, this shows so much about the human spirit, about the value of the people that are around us, about their ability to say, fuck it, I'm going to go in and save your life. 
right? Because, it, you know, the fact that the people were just like, you know what? He needs CPR. We're not even worried about anything else right now. And they jump on that and they're doing the chest compressions and don't care if they crack a rib or whatever. The whole thing is just get that fucking heart started again. And they did it. And not only did they do it, right? But they managed to, to do it in enough time to, to where he got blood flow back, save his brain. And this motherfucker wakes up and says, did we win? Right. It's right. a fucking miracle, people. This isn't a tragedy. Right? It, that, like that, it easily could have been if you didn't have all those things in place. So I, I'm not going to look at this and say, uh, I mean, is it good for football? No. Anytime someone almost fucking dies, it's not good for anything. Right? But then you got the people, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to play football. Shut the fuck up. Game's right. not going anywhere. No, it's not. And, and it and, shouldn't. And, and you hear all the stories about, you know, Little League baseball player gets drilled in the chest with a line drive and dies on the, on the diamond. And that happens probably every year. And it's very rare, but it does happen. It takes a hard blow to the chest at the exact wrong it happens time. all the time. It's very rare. Well, it is. Okay. No, no, no. It, I it, mean, like, statistically, like, the right, number yeah. of people who play and everything. Right, is, yes. right. But the problem is, um, Little League baseball fields don't have defibrillators and teams trained to do things like this. So I, I got to give the NFL's, you know, medical teams a ton of credit for how fat, like, I'm repeating what you just yes. said, but, you know, they do these protocols and kind of like what you said, they do these things not thinking they're ever going to actually need to put this into action. Yep. But when it had to get done, it got done right. It got done. And, and, and like, just kudos to them, the training staff, the trainers, the EMTs, everybody there. Um, you know, even the players that are just like, he ain't good, he ain't right. I know you just saw him pass out, but hurry the fuck up. Like, all, yeah. like everybody, like, should be commended. And I won't get into the whole thing about, like, they've got five minutes to warm up and that back and forth. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Who knows? Like, right. listen, that could have that could have came from someone in the NFL office. It didn't have to be Roger or Troy Vincent. That could have said it into Troy Aikman's ear uh, or Joe, Joe Buck's ear or whatever. And I, I think that's really neither here nor there, right? I mean, because people want to make it a big deal. Just like the NFL didn't care. They did fucking care. They canceled the game. Yeah. Right? Like, they canceled it. And you can't – I'm sorry that they didn't do it immediately when he felt – they have they to figure out what's right, going on. Logistically, sometimes, like, you do need to stop and think. Like, they can't – they're also not going to cancel it. One of the biggest reasons that you can't immediately say, all right, game is done – you got to get that ambulance out of the stadium. You got to get that ambulance a free path to get to the fucking hospital. Yeah. Right? So by saying, hey, look, game is over. See you later. Right? Then what happens then? Right? Like, yeah, maybe you can clear the streets and get police up, but you don't know. So you got, like, you do have to think about things in order, and you can't just react because everybody on Twitter says, well, this is what needs to happen. It needs to be canceled right now. It needs to be canceled right now. Right now. What's What's taking so long? Right now. Like, that's not how it works, folks. It's right. not. And you don't want it to work. I know you think you do. You want it to be immediate in this world of I can order Amazon and have it delivered, you know, 12 hours after I order it. But, like, sometimes you got to think shit through and you got to think about the logistics of, of really what it takes to save a life and to protect others. And ultimately, they did the right thing. And yes. I, I, I want to give credit to three coaches. Sean McDermott handled. I mean, he literally told Zach Taylor, the coach for the for the Bengals, "I got to be with my guy." Yeah, I got to be and, with my and, guy and, in the hospital. And, and Zach Taylor, I give him a ton of credit like, for. Right. Yeah, he said, I, "You know, your priorities yeah. are right. I've got your back." And I want to throw some real credit to Mike Tomlin because I saw his speech. He's known Demar Hamlin since he was since a kid. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't have thought that, but Demar Hamlin's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, probably. You know, went to camps and stuff, and yeah. pro- I don't know. I I know he knew them. I don't know exactly that's, what the relationship that's was. That's exactly what the relationship okay. was. Okay, right? okay. I mean, because he also went to Pitt. 
right? Right. So, I mean, like, he knew it. I mean, and look, Tomlin, look, I, I'm a Steeler fan. We know this. Right. Um, I love him as a coach. I do get frustrated because sometimes, like, you know, he just does things that I'm not a fan of. But, you know, when people come to me with, you know, we got to fire Tomlin, especially this season when we started one and four or whatever, uh, two and six, and, you know, now we're back possibly in, the, in, like, possibly yeah. in the playoff hunt. Um, the one thing that stands out about Tomlin is just situations like this. You know, and if you if you pay attention to the Steelers, they, they don't just – they don't have just a bunch of guys who th- throw together a bunch of camps and that's what they do. Like every year it's, they brought all these kids to all these practices. They went out, you know, whether it's TJ Watt or Cam Hayward or any of these guys, like they are in that community in Pittsburgh. They are embedded, right? They, and so when, the, when, t- when Tomlin says, I know that kid, like I, like he, that means he knows him. Right. And think about think about that. Right. Like think think about that. Right. He's an NFL coach. He's got 53 guys he's got to worry about. He's got, you know, a storied organization, you know, that he's that that, that he's the face of. Right. But he still can put kids out of the community and say, I know him and we got to keep him on track and all that stuff Whether they go to the NFL, they go to college or whatever. Um, You know, and he just came out with some, you know, really solid words. Um you know, and didn't make it about him. Was just like, no. look, man, I, I, I'm worried about this guy. I hope he pulls through. And you know, he's got that relationship with Sean with, with Dermot. Yep. Um, you know, they both went to William and Mary and, and whatever. And, and they have, were teammates. Look, yeah, they were teammates, and and they both, you know, they've got this rivalry here. Um, as you know, two coaches that went to the same school played on a team together that are now both coaches in the league. Um, you know, I mean, it just go it just goes to show like who and what Tomlin is. Uh, and I appreciate having him as a, as a coach, you know. And I, I'll take some down seasons, knowing that I got a good guy yeah. at the helm. No, he, I, when, I, when again, I would have never processed that on my own. But like you said, he's so involved in the Pittsburgh community. And this is a kid from McKees Rocks, uh, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, his charity, the charity thing is wild. You know, yeah. He had, he had a charity that that he started when he was in college. By the way, I'm talking about yeah. Lamar Hamlin. Started a charity to raise money for toys for his community because it's yep. not a very uh, affluent community. And um, he targeted $2,500. And last I heard it was around $8 million. Yeah, it's, it's... It's a lot. It's, and honestly... It's approaching I, like $20 million Is it really? Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I hope... I hope DeMar Hamlin, if his mind is right and he wants to play again, I hope he does. If he doesn't want to, I wouldn't blame him for a second. No, and I, really I mean, hope I, people... I think... Uh, listen, uh, one, so this... If 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 what happened is what they're saying with the, the timing and the yeah. pause and everything freakish. else, it's it's a freakish thing, but it's something that he could come back from and he can he could play. He, there's a realistic chance we could see him next year. I, I don't know. I don't I'm not a doctor. And, 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 I'm not, but it's possible. Yeah. Um, um, and if he does, I don't have, like. There are people who will. I, there are people, especially you know, progressives on the left, that will absolutely lose their mind if he plays, right? And you know, they'll immediately go. It's it's so dangerous, and there's probably a Venn diagram. Of people who think football is too dangerous, who also are still wearing a mask alone in their car by themselves. But true. All that being said, um, they don't want to give themselves COVID. Makes <laughs> perfect sense, right? Um, but 
you know, which is which is fine. You whatever your opinions are on football don't really matter because the reality is it's not going anywhere. Right. Um, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of people like, well, this is gonna, you know, moms aren't gonna let their kids play football. I heard a great that, that's already happening. Well, it's not though. It, well, it's, it's, there's plenty of moms who don't let their kids play football. That's been going plenty on for of moms fifty who years initially, but crazy fucking stat that came out. Um, the number of kids whose parents don't let them play little league. Um, who end up playing like in high school and then going on to college to play like the like the numbers and the ratios are fucking crazy, right? Like so, the whole helicopter hovering protective mom thing is a thing at the lower levels, but by the time the kids are in high school, it's like, all right, uh, fuck you, I'm playing. You <laughs> okay, know? okay. Uh, which to me is good because here's the thing: I could tell you all the bad about football. I can tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. Played it at a high level, didn't play in the NFL. I'm sure there's more good and ugly once you get to that level. Um, a lot of injuries. Yeah. Really bad ones. So I'm not so bad. Concussions thing, legit. Um, all that being said, you know, multiple people have asked me, if you had a son, would you let him play? And if you had to do it over again, would you? The answer is absolutely and absolutely. Okay. I wouldn't make my kid play. I wouldn't right. make my that's, kid play, and I, if I still lived in my hometown, I, I would probably be more. I would be more reluctant to have my kid play football if I live in my hometown, just because of expectations and everything else, um, based off of when I played, right? Because people are like, "Oh, well, you're his son, so you got to be able to do what he right. did," right? Um, but other than that particular aspect of the pressure that would be put on him, I would absolutely let my son play. If I, my daughter said she wanted to play. It'd be odd, but okay, fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely play again. Football has given me things that had I not played, I wouldn't have, um, uh, okay. like in terms of experiences and just in, ter- in terms of, I think discipline and focus. And frankly, you know, I joked about the injuries and everything earlier and it's not always a good thing, but I think the, my ability to get through like really, re- like my tolerance for pain is high. Right, I mean, I just it is whether okay. uh, right, and I think it's it's higher than the average person, and I'm gonna say by a lot. Um, you know, there's just things I can do, um, like physically, whether it's back, knee, leg, whatever, uh, and that comes from football, wrestling too. But that comes from just like you got to do it. Now it's not always good because sometimes it's led to me being even more hurt, right? Doing doing more sure. damage, but the ability to to persevere and get through shit like that. Right, where I'm not going to let this physical thing stop me, right? Or I'm going to work around it, or I'm going to work to fix it, but I'm not going to shut it down, right? I'm going to keep going. Now, there's plenty of people who play football that still end up being pieces of shit. Okay, fine, but I got it. That's where I got it from, right? And I, I wasn't that tough, rugged person prior to the game, but after okay. the game, I came out, and the, and to me, there's value to that. I want you on my team if you can push through. If you can't. It doesn't make you a bad person, but get the fuck away from me and my team, you weak-minded bitch. <laughs> Not the most articulate way to... Um, That's I, very articulate. Okay. It says exactly what okay. I want to okay. say, how I, I want to say I it. I want to call out two groups of people in a negative way. Anyone who criticized T. Higgins can shut the fuck up. <laughs> there were people who were doing that, saying, oh, he should have done this differently. So fuck what? you. Well, he I, ran I, forward and so, dipped so, his shoulder. So, in the, he, I mean, he, he was going to hit. <laughs> and it, it wasn't even that big of a collision. collision it, was, right? it was just how it happened and the timing. But I think, I think it was Bart Scott who criticized him on air. 
And says who? T. Higgins? Yeah, yeah. Shut up, Bob I, Scott. I, 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 such if, if I'm wrong, call me out on it. Blow me up. I don't know what he said. I think he said something like, the way he lowered his head caused this. I'm like, fuck you. And, but other people were saying it too, and fuck right off. Um, T. Higgins did nothing wrong. And the fact that he was as emotionally distraught as he was, I really feel for him as well. I guess he didn't leave the hospital for like two days. Um, And the other group of people I want to say to fuck off is all these people who were relishing in this saying, see, it was the the COVID vaccine. You don't even know if the kid fucking took the fucking vaccine. Correct. Right? Like, you don't, it, like, it, he probably did, but okay, fine. But, like, listen, the argument during COVID was not everybody who dies dies of COVID. Like, okay, yeah, but if the person had COVID and then their lungs and heart shut down, then chances are COVID had a big part to play in that person dying. That part, we know. Right. Right? But then they would get all pissed about it. Well, they just died because they're fat. Okay, okay, fine. Well, or, you know, I mean, like the the insanity of it. But you, you, sorry, turn around. But you texted me on Tuesday and said, "Watch for all the anti-vaxxers to come out and blame that." And frankly, I had not thought of that angle. Oh, that's but the first thing I thought. Apparently, and you were dead on because <laughs> within minutes of you texting me that, I got on my computer and that piece of shit Charlie Kirk from yes. Turning Point USA got out there and said, "Not surprised or whatever." Athletes yeah. dropping like flies or athletes. Fuck well, you, Charlie I mean, Kirk. Like, people were saying that he, you know he died and dropped dead. Like, there, there's actually there was actually a group that went as far as to say that Demar Hamlin is actually dead, and that if you do see him again and they don't announce it, that the NFL and the Democrat and the left are covering that up, and anything you see of him is a hologram or AI. That that oh was a God. real thing that was said. All right, I can't put that on Charlie Kirk because I don't think he was that stupid. No, he wasn't. Okay. Uh, but, not that I know of. But, I mean, it's just, it, but, that, that's the level. Now, again, that's maybe one or two or, I mean, maybe a well, hundred people out of millions. But it's still enough to be like, hold, hold Jesus on. Christ. You, were, you had a sandwich, I had a beer before we got together today. We were in a bar with a guy who said that to the bartender we were talking to. Uh, who said what? That it was because of the COVID vaccine. Oh. oh because yes. I ran to that bartender in the grocery store and he said, you're not going to believe what this fucking idiot that works for us said. And as soon as he told me who it was, I was like. Actually, I completely believe it because the guy's a moron. But, I mean, it was... Uh, all right. I just had to call those people out. Like I said, you yeah. nailed it right away. I yeah. was... I mean, we, we knew it was coming, right? Anything happens, like if an athlete drops dead of whatever, they could have an asthma attack, then they're, they're going to immediately go to, it's the COVID vaccine, and no one's paying attention to all the people that are dropping dead because of the COVID right. vaccine, even though there's there's no proof to support it, right? Like Absolutely I mean, not. And it's... Oh, and well, the opportunism... A, yeah, in, in, in the face of potential tragedy, infuriates me. Right, and and like, look, I'm not a. I I still think that we went too far in terms of how we decided that people had to have the vaccine and workplaces saying uh, like. And, and the reason why is because of the level of dissension that it created, right? right? Like, I mean, and you can talk about public health and everything else, but the reality is, is like, look, you. Yes, as a government, you want to do the right thing for people, but if we're going to put people in a situation where they have to do this thing, right, where they have, like, they have to get these, and you could go, you know, I think the school vaccine, vaccines and everything else is, is slightly different, um, but, you know, with this, like, look, yeah, it might have made things harder, but, like, now on the back end, what you're having to deal with is, like, if something like this happens again, like, you you got what seventy percent compliance this time around, right? With with COVID, I don't know. yeah, I, don't uh, I think that's the, that the, the right. number. Like, 
I could see that number being way lower if something like this were to happen again, right? If, even if you try to force it, right? And part of it is because the way it was done, and especially the way that, you know, people who were all about the vaccine and everything else not only were embraced the, the mandates, but then would shame people who questioned it even a little bit, right? And one a person brought okay, this sure. up to me where they just like, you know, one of the big things on the from the left was don't question the science. And my buddy was like, look, man, I, I, fine, but isn't the whole point of science to question things? Yes. Right? Like that's kind of what yeah. science is, is trying to question things and then going and think, taking what we think we know and proving it one way or another. So it was just like I kind of just want to see a little bit more this or that. And, and he's not an extremist on any front, but just, you know, he – Initially, back when all this was going on, he raised some questions about it, and people jumped way down his throat, right? But because of the way that they attacked him, because he just raised a question, he automatically gets defensive to the point where, you know, irrational defensiveness, you know, which everybody gets, right? It's just, yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, well, fuck you, well, fuck you, right? Right. You know, I'm not their buddy guy. I'm not their guy, buddy. You know, that whole South Park. Right. But in in and that was that's that made me very uneasy when we were really going through this, right? The the just amount, the like the way people attacked each other, going back yeah, and forth, sure. and so. But now the result of that is this, right? Freak accident had up ah, COVID vaccine. That's it. That's right. what did it. Right. Right. I, again, it just infuriates me when you're being opportunistic like Charlie Kirk, or when you're being an idiot just repeating nonsense because you know because you don't know. And in this case, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, um, I, I was. I want to talk to you about my prediction of, or my thoughts about how I would have handled putting this back together. And I know you're waiting to pounce all over me. We've gone long, but do you want to hear it or not? Yeah, sure. All right. So, because play. so because of what happened to Demar Hamlin, they canceled the game between Cincinnati and Buffalo, and on Monday, and, and, the they, final and they, of the like they canceled it, and then they made the final decision that they weren't going to replay the game. So now you've got two teams that are playing a le- one less game than everybody else. Both the teams were near the top of the conference and had a you know have yes. path to the number one seed in the playoffs. That matters because you get a first round bye. It also dictates the number of games you'll play at home. So that sets the stage. And the NFL came up with a solution. Jim says the solution was bad. Jim, I, I don't like. Jim it. says has he has a better solution. Better Jim, solution. what is your better solution? My better solution is the game could not get replayed. Period. You couldn't force it in. You couldn't move around schedules. You had to just cancel the game. Right thing to do there. Now, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff with how home field will be determined with coin tosses and all that. My solution was, and it involves a coin toss, which, by the way, is the official formal t- final tiebreaker in the NFL, has been for years. Play Week 18. If after Week 18, the Bills-Bengals game would have impacted the outcome of seeding and or playoff berths, then the Bengals and Bills flip a coin, and the winner of that coin toss gets credited with an asterisk victory and you seed and do the playoffs that way. <laughs> no. That's still just that's it's it still fucks somebody. It's still okay. there's, there's no perfect solutions. Okay. But, but this but like, what you're doing now is okay, now we're gonna have a coin toss and it's gonna be a neutral field if if Buffalo and Kansas City play or if Cincinnati and Kansas City all, play, like, it's, it's gonna the be same a neutral convoluted bullshit you just said. But at least they're putting the games at a home stadium for a team. If it comes down to a coin toss, lots of games come down to coin tosses. It happens. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I had the perfect solution. I just, I'm just, listen, 
It's not you. There was no no there, there one was no, had, perfect solution. no one had an answer. No matter what your and I told you this. No matter what your solution is, it is bad. It doesn't fix it, and that's okay because of the reason why we're here. Agreed. Right? I don't think had to cancel the game. Uh, Had to figure out a way to get through it. And like you're lucky it's not me, because I would have like, look, I'm gonna fuck what any of you say. Right? Like and yeah, like we're gonna play like we're gonna do whatever someone would have came to me with with a solution, other than the thing where they said they were going to add a team to the playoffs. I didn't understand how that was going to help. I don't have. They were going to add two bye weeks. They were going to no. They no one was going to have a bye week. They were going to add an eighth team to both conferences. Okay, that would be fucked up. And people were like, "You should be happy." The Steelers get. I'm like, I, it just doesn't make sense. Right. right? Like that was really bad. Um, but like well, I the think, worst one to me was. Let's have the Bills and Bengals play this week, or the, sorry, the following week, yes. and then but that's, and that was the worst idea I heard. Right? There was no like uh, to me. There was just no good solution. Whoever gets the short end of the stick was going to have the beef, and so that beef was is the same no matter how good you think your solution is. Right? Yeah, I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying it's but better. like <laughs> if someone ends up fucked, right? Like they're still going to have a complaint. When I put that on the Bills backers page. Someone said, yeah, because we're so good with coin tosses. I'm like, fair. I hear you. But I just like that because it lets the game play out. Well, you like and, it because it's your idea. Well, no. It's <laughs> it's my idea. I put it out there because I think it was a good idea. If, I mean, you can disagree. I, you do. Right. Fine. Whatever. I just... I, I like mean, at the better. end of the result, like, the only way you're going to get me to agree that it may, like, is if there's a way where... Someone doesn't get fucked. And you well, there's can't. no, there's no, there's no way. Well, some right? does. But all right, I'll put myself in in the Bills situation. We're going, we've gone way long. But if the Bills and Bengals ended up needing to flip a coin because one of them was going to get the one seed and the other one's going to get the two, and therefore the bye week. If the Bills lost that coin toss, I would have said that sucks, but it happened. Um, what's going on now? I think Cincinnati is the one who's getting really fucked yes. because they, they might are. not get a home game. Yeah, and uh, they could be the playoffs. Like, they could right. be a division champion, but not get to play a game at home, based on a coin toss. And so again, that that's why I like my solution better. I don't think the league completely fucked up. Completely mm-hmm. fucked up would have been rearranging all these schedules and 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 pushing weeks back and or taking, adding teams to the playoffs. Adding teams to the playoffs. I didn't even hear that one to be honest yeah. with you. That was like that was big yesterday morning. Okay, it was okay. that was a huge thing. I was like, Jesus Christ, like that'll set the world on fire. All right, we got to wrap it up. Any final comments? Mm. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. We're done. Go Bills.